0: Welcome to the South Coast Christian Podcast. I'm Pastor Tom Westerfield. On behalf of myself and our entire staff, we want to thank you for listening, and we hope this message uplifts and encourages you this week. Good morning, church. So good to have you all here worshiping with us today, and, and we're so grateful if you're joining us online. Thank you for making a choice to join us online, and it's great to have you all here today. A uh, couple things before we get started, uh, just to share a little bit, um, Brett kind of shared um, just a few minutes that we've had some cases that have come up in our church as far as, uh, not actually one in our church, but also friends, but I want to share um, just for you guys to be praying. Uh, some of you might know, others might not know, but Brent and Sherry Ward, there are a couple in our church that have been here. A uh, great uh, couple in our church with their kids, and they've raised their kids in this church. In fact, Brent's dad, Daryl, used to be the pastor of this church about for almost 26 years, I think it was. Um, uh, previous pastor before the last pastor, and, and a great man of God. And, and, but Brent and, and Sherry got a, a diagnosis on their daughter, Karis, that she has leukemia. And she's 10 years old. And uh, so she is uh, she's going through that battle right now. She's been at Chalk Hospital and she's been started her first treatments of chemo, the whole works. And, and yet any of you guys know that's just kind of a scary thing. When you hear the word leukemia, it's like, ah, and you don't know what to do with that and you don't understand that. But let me declare to you today that God is greater than leukemia. God is greater than cancer. God is greater than sickness. God is greater than evil. And so we don't walk in this thing in fear. We walk in this thing in faith. Amen. And so as a church, we're going to be a church that supports Britt and Sherry. We're going to wrap our arms around them and we're going to love them. And what more importantly than anything else that we can do, we're going to pray. We're going to pray that God's glory, that God's power touches that little girl, that she, that she is healed in Jesus' name. We're going to just take a moment and pray here for her uh, as together. And we're going to include the other, three, the other two, which I don't know, but we're going to include them in that prayer as well, that God's going to heal these, these lives. Um, one of the things as a pastor, I like to do a little bit of, I call it custodian work. I just kind of like to do a little sweeping and cleaning up in some areas. When Brent and Sherry come to church, and they're probably going to be somewhat limited because they're going to have to be protecting Karis. But uh, when they do come to church, sometimes we get awkward. You know what I mean? We, get, we don't know what to say. We don't know what... Can I just share something? If you don't know what to say to a couple, especially when they're going through a situation like this, when their child has cancer, don't say anything. So just don't say anything. Just be careful because there's no reason. So here's what I would encourage you to do. If you see them, the things that you can say that's so powerful, it's just that, man, especially if you know them, hey, we love you and we are praying for you. That's all they need to hear is that they have the love of this church and that we, they have our prayers because they know their faith is in God and we're going to believe for victory. Amen? Amen. Amen? Amen. Let's pray together as a church right now. And Lord God, we come to you in times of need, in times of things that were, Lord God, they're over our heads, they're over our abilities. But God, nothing, Lord God, is impossible for you. And so, God, we lift Karis and these two other kids that have been diagnosed with leukemia, Lord God, we lift them up to you in Jesus' name. We pray healing upon their bodies in Jesus' name. We curse, Lord God, this cancer. We rebuke it, Lord God. And we ask, Lord God, that that cancer will die, Lord God. And Lord God, cares, Lord God, be raised out of that situation. And these other two kids, Lord God, they will be raised out, Lord God. there will be victory in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Well, welcome again. And uh, we're so glad that you're here. Um, we're going to dismiss Echo High. If you're here, you guys are dismissed as well. So thank you for being here. So cool. Um, if, you ha- if you haven't been, if you're new to us, we encourage you to fill out this welcome card. It looks like this. And it's inside between your chairs. We want you to, we want to know everybody. We want to be able to send out information to you. If we, we, we do it sparingly. We don't Bombard, bombard you and 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 fill up your emails or fill up your mailbox. But we do want to let you know you want to get a Christmas card from the pastor every year. So come on, put your address on this. Come on, come on. If you're online, you can find our welcome home deal on the uh, website southcoastchristian.com and make sure you fill that out as well. Also, we have these out here. What are these, Pastor Tom? These are touch cards. Put some of those in your purse. Put the, And guys, I know guys wear purses now too, so it's pretty cool. Man purse, whatever it is. But um, I don't have one yet. But um, so... Put those in your purse or if you have your wallet or if you put in your pocket or in your car, take those along with you. And if you run into someone that you just say, man, they need encouragement, hey, invite them to church, okay? So uh, we'd love for you to do that. This is our last week in our series, Off the Grid. And basically this whole series, Off the Grid, has been basically taking us an opportunity to get us, get us away from the norm- normalities of all the re- regular routines that we do. And spend greater time with God. That's, that's been this Whole idea is to get off the grid and spend time with God. Throughout the Bible, you can read about different times where men and women of God would all of a sudden take a time to fast and to pray. Especially in times of... Of where difficulties or discouragement they would take time to fast and pray they do so by a fast is basically modifying your eating or choosing not to eat for a period of time and you take that time and you focus on God it's really what it, what it really does in our life it makes us crucify the flesh it makes us say you know what I'm going to say no to this thing that my fleshly desires wants and I'm going to say yes to God and let my spiritual life grow in a greater way than ever before it's making God the number one priority in our life. Fasting, spiritual fasting is a discipline. And in reality, we should all be doing that throughout the year at different times in our lives where we should be, if you want to grow closer to God, practice fasting at times in your life with fasting and praying. Makes you more reliant upon God. Jesus states it this way. He says in Matthew chapter five, verse six, blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness and say it all with me, for they shall be filled. Filled. If you hunger and thirst for something, guess what? You're going to figure out how to get it. If you hunger and thirst for God, you're going to figure it out. Last week I shared the idea of position yourself for victory. How changing our focus can prepare us for something new. We talked about new wine and old wineskins. If you didn't hear that message, I encourage you to jump online and, and find that message. How changing our focus can prepare us for something new. This week I'd like to share a message. I've shared this in the past, but I felt like it was really pertinent for us today, this message. And and I want you to, I I really felt like the Holy Spirit said they need to hear this word again. I want to share with you about fasting, how fasting and praying will, will increase your spiritual strength. How fasting and praying can increase your spiritual strength. In our society, we are constantly bombarded by the temptation of sin. The devil has an arsenal of temptations that he uses against us. In fact, the Apostle Paul talks about, when he talks about the armor of God, he states it this way, he says, take up your shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming arrows of the evil evil one. He doesn't say one flaming arrow, he says all of the flaming arrows. In life, you're going to have battles, you're going to have difficulties, you're going to have things coming against us. But when you put on the armor of God, when you go out prepared, when you have Christ as your Lord and Savior, and your following the Holy Spirit in your life guess what those things that are coming against you you can fight against them not in your own strength but through God's strength take up the shield of faith if you haven't noticed life on this earth is really about good and evil it really is evil is real and we see it every single day we see it in the news we see it in the marketplace you see it at work at school wherever you might want you can even see evil in church What? Yeah, true statement. It can happen. I'm not saying any of these areas or places are inherently evil, but all I'm saying is that evil exists in all of these places. Good and evil exist. Bottom line, the opportunity to do evil is readily available at any time if you choose to. If you want to find evil, it's not difficult to do so. The difficulty in our society is this. We're living in a time, in a day... Where evil is no longer considered evil by many people. Evil is an accepted behavior that many people embrace. In fact, if you don't embrace what I want you to do, you're evil. Have you ever had that happen? I have. It's crazy. The Bible speaks about this. That's why I want everybody to read your Bible. Because it speaks about this stuff. Listen to Isaiah, the prophet, the great prophet Isaiah. Listen to what he says. Isaiah chapter 5, verse 20. Woe to those who call evil good and good evil. Who put darkness for light and light for darkness. who, Who put bitter for sweet and sweet for bitter. Now as believers, we're called to love. We're called to forgive. We're called to be a light in the darkness. But we are not called to tolerate evil in our life. We're not called to be tolerant of evil in any areas of our life. The attitude, it's fine, everybody else does it. It's a wrong attitude. You start embracing that and you're starting to go down that road of compromise in your life with God. If you choose to tolerate evil in your life, then you'll become neutral or faceless to what is right and what is wrong. Basically, you're just a limp noodle. You have no opinion. You have no values. Whatever God's going Yeah, you You go this way. You go that way. You're tossed by every... Because you have no moral values or godly values in your life. And if you really want to live a life that is fulfilling, if you really want to live a life that is beyond, you've got to have something to stand on. You can't... Jesus talks about it. Don't put, build your house upon the sand where all of a sudden one thing comes by and it knocks you completely, destroys your You build your house upon a rock and that's another message that's not for today, but it's good. Our flesh wants to tolerate evil, but the tolerance of, the tolerance of evil will always lead us away from God because God hates sin. I shared this first service, this gross story. But let me tell you something. God hates sin. He won't tolerate it. It's kind of like you and for me. Maybe you know you you just hate something. Maybe you hate someone who's always picking their nose, okay? And so they're always picking, you. And so you just don't want to hang around them because you know they're always picking their nose. I know, it's a crude way of doing everybody's gonna oh, But here's the scenario. God hates sin. And if you're always living in sin, why would God want to hang around with you? It's not that God's grace doesn't overcome our sin. It doesn't mean that if we make a mistake, we don't have God's grace in our life if we're following after him. But it doesn't. Grace does not give us a a lane to say, okay, I can just do whatever I want to do. That doesn't happen. Jesus warned us about that in Matthew chapter 7. He says, enter through the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. Jesus is warning us not to tolerate sin in our lives because sin leads to destruction. God's grace is there to help us overcome sin, not tolerate sin. I'll say it again. God's grace is there for us to overcome sin, not tolerate sin. Let's strive to live holy lives. When we tolerate or accept evil into our life, we eventually become spiritually numb to the the things of God. And if you've ever experienced that, I have. When all of a sudden I just start to allow certain things in my life. And all of a sudden things start to become more numb. And all of a sudden I don't hear from God as clearly as I used to. Why? Because I've allowed certain things to distract me from the very presence of God. This last week, whenever it was, I don't remember what night it was. All of a sudden, my dog Jack, he's a cocker spaniel. He wants to go outside. I don't know, he's chased. we had a possum back there the other day, so I'm thinking he's chasing a possum, whatever it is. We don't, we just have a little patio back there, animals find our patio, I guess. And, and so I let him outside, and he was out, and I heard him bark a couple times, it was like 11, 11.30 at night. And all of a sudden, I opened my sliding glass door, and all of a sudden, he walks into the house. Oh my goodness, I go, what in the world? I mean, the smell just hit me like it was crazy. Well, guess what? He, he decided to take on the skunk, and he lost. He has his head. He's already, you know, he's burying his head in our, our carpet, and he's trying to, I'm, and I, I didn't catch it soon enough. I mean, it's just, it's through our house. It's going crazy, and that's already in bed. I don't know what to do. I throw this dog in the laundry room, you know, and, well, and, it's crazy. I go out there and I found out, The net looked up for me, it's peroxide and, and whatever, baking soda. You put this and you rub them down and then I had to take him outside and, and hose him. And then he takes off running When I took him outside and he's deaf so he can't hear me. He takes off running, I don't know if the skunk's still out there. And I'm yelling at 11.30 at night in my neighborhood. Jack, Jack, you know, you've got to yell at the top of your lungs for the dog to hear you. Stupid thing. And so then I hose him off. I give him the bath again. I hose him off. He was happy. Don't, don't awe him. He was thinking that it was a great world, man. I tackled the skunk. He was all, I'm the one that's miserable. Awe for me, man. Be sad for me. I had to do all this work. But one of the things that hit me was that I could not get the smell out of it. I mean... I had to get the, try, trying to get the smell off this dog. It went, Annette went to work the next day. I'm going to tell this story, babe. I'm so sorry. Annette goes to work the next day. We try to get everything clean. And she's working throughout the day. And then all of a sudden, like three o'clock in the afternoon, she tells her co-worker about the story about Jack and the skunk. And she goes, oh my gosh, Annette, I thought you were smoking marijuana or something. <laughs> I thought you had picked up smoking. I smelled this smell on you. I didn't know what was happening. We're having to wash all of our clothes, everything. Pastor Tom, what does this story have to do with anything today? The presence of God should be on you so thick that wherever you go, they smell it. Wherever they go, they almost taste it. It should be so thick that you can't even wash it off of you because the presence of God is on you. When you're ready to go in the darkness, like Pastor Brett said, when you walk into the darkness, you just see the darkness go like this because they they feel, they sense the presence of God on your life. The presence of God is what changes our lives. We cannot tolerate evil. Praying and fasting, what we've been doing for the last 14 days, helps to re-strengthen us spiritually so that we can, man, we can destroy the plans of the enemy. It reminds me so much when I'm fasting, it just reminds me how weak my flesh is. And it reminds me how much more I need to re- rely on the power of God in my life. I need that power in my life in a new way. When Jesus went into the wilderness for temptation, he was fasting He wasn't relying on his physical. When he faced the enemy, it had nothing to do with the physical. It had everything to do with spiritual. He was ready to face the enemy because he was fasting and praying. I want to share a story from the Bible that I believe will help you grow in spiritual strength. It's a story that's located in 2 Chronicles, chapters 19 and 20. If you're watching us online, I encourage you to just open up your Bible and just leave it open there. Leave it open at that location, or if you have your device, open it up. It's a story of King Jehoshaphat, who was the fourth king of Judah. Jehoshaphat was considered to be a great king. He was considered to be a good king. And he's really recorded in history as a protector of Judah, as he was concerned about the nation's security. He was a king who tried to honor God. And desired to follow God's directions. But Jehoshaphat had a shortcoming. That shortcoming was that he was a compromiser. He was a king who desired to get along with everyone. Anybody like to get along with everyone? Yeah, I mean, don't we really kind of want to do that? I mean, we want to we get along with people. And he desired to get along with everyone, even those who blasphemed and hated God. It's so important to remember this truth. Write it down. Loving people never means compromising godly values. Loving people never, never means that you're going to compromise godly values in your life. Jesus loved all people, but he didn't compromise his values. Jehoshaphat compromised his values by making alliances with other kings, other neighboring countries around him who were wicked. He even went into battle with King Ahab, who was the king of Israel, and he was a wicked king, one of the worst of Israel's kings because he, he worshiped other gods. In fact, he supported child sacrifice to other gods. He was a wicked, wicked king and, and he went into battle with them, not against them, he went into battle with them one time and God saw what was taking place. It wasn't pleasing to God. Ahab was married to this woman that many of you might have heard her name, Jezebel. She was also wicked. She was relentless. She was in the midst of the persecution of the other prophets in fact she was the one that was trying to kill the prophet Elijah Ahab and Jezebel were both wicked so even though Jehoshaphat was considered to be a good king his weakness was his willingness to compromise his values to get along with everyone and I believe this is a this is the struggle with the our American Christian culture today it's a struggle for us as Christians here in America. We want to get along with everybody. We are constantly tempted to compromise our values so that I can be accepted by others. Yeah. Let me warn you. Trying to find acceptance from someone with ungodly values will eventually lead you into conflict. Why? Because your godly values will conflict with other people's values. The, skunk of, the smell of the skunk conflicted with me that night. When all of a sudden, someone all of a sudden feels the presence of God walk in that room, they're going to make a choice. They're going to go, oh, this is something. Or they're going to go, man, I don't want any. And it conflicts with them. As followers of Jesus, we are not called to compromise godly values. We are called to lead with godly values. We're called to lead. Remember, we are not seeking out the approval of man. We are seeking out the approval of God. And sometimes we get those two things mixed up. We start to seek the approval of man. And that's not our calling. Our calling is to seek the approval of God himself. We are called to love all, but never called to embrace the values of those who are doing evil. This is what happened to King Jehoshaphat. Listen to the rebuke that Jehoshaphat received from Jehu, the seer. in 2 Chronicles chapter 19, verse 2. He says, should you help the wicked and love those who hate the Lord? And see, Jehoshaphat got off track. Started trying to please man instead of God. To Jehoshaphat's credit, as soon as Jehu made this statement, as soon as he gave the prophecy from God, hey, should you do this, immediately all of a sudden, Jehoshaphat made a change in his life. He went throughout his entire kingdom. He declared a fast for the entire kingdom. He said, we're all going to repent and we're going to turn to the Lord. He made a choice. He made a decision. It should be a reminder to all of us today that it's never too late. To turn back to God. It's never too late. No matter what you've done in your life, it's never too late. to Say, whoa, i gotta make a got to reverse course. Yeah. Jehoshaphat went throughout the entire kingdom announcing it. It was after this in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 that we find three groups. The Moabites, the Ammonites, and the Menuhites. Say those real quick. Who all turn against King Jehoshaphat. Why? Because godly values will always conflict with ungodly values. Godly values will always conflict with ungodly values. just like when a pres- person all of a sudden accepts Christ for the very first time. They go out, back out into the world that they're used to and something is different about them. And all of a sudden, they get into conflict because all of a sudden, their godly values are conflicting with the friends that they've had. They go, what is different with you? And all of a sudden, they see something. There's a, and it's amazing how the enemy will test us and tempt us. And move. When he sees someone going after Jesus, man, it's like full board frontal attack. Let me read part of Jehoshaphat's story found in 2 Chronicles chapter 20, verses 1-4. through It says, after this, the Moabites, the Ammonites, with some of the Minyanites came to wage war against Jehoshaphat. Some people came and told Jehoshaphat, a vast army is coming against you from Edom, from the other side of the Dead Sea. It's already in Hazion Tamar, that is in Gedi. Alarmed, Jehoshaphat resolved to inquire of the Lord, and he proclaimed a fast for all of Judah. The people of Judah came together to seek help from the Lord. Indeed, they came from every town in Judah to seek him. It brought unity to the nation. All of a sudden, the entire nation came in unity, and they were going after God. You see, even though Jehoshaphat was afraid of the enemy that was coming in, have you ever been afraid of the enemy? Have you ever been afraid of sickness? Have you ever been afraid of diagnosis? Have you ever been afraid of a loss of a job? Whatever it might be, whatever you... See, Jehoshaphat didn't run in fear, even though he was afraid. Guess what he did? Uh, He didn't panic. He chose to seek God's help by proclaiming the fast in a time of prayer for all Judah. Jehoshaphat's response is a great lesson for all of us. Because in life, there will be times where you're all of a sudden going to get a full frontal attack upon you. And what you, the decision that you make, how you respond, will be the difference between victory and defeat. How you respond to what's going to hit you, are you going to respond in your physical nature, in your flesh, or are you going to respond spiritually and you're going to take it on? It's going to be the difference between victory and defeat in your life. So many times we try to respond by fighting in our own strength, but so many times it's not a physical battle, it's a spiritual battle. Jehoshaphat responded rightly by recognizing that he needed God's help, and he called that people to a time of prayer and fasting. In Second Chronicles, chapter 20, verses five through 12, you can read a beautiful prayer that Jehoshaphat gives, and it's a prayer to the nation. It's a prayer for the entire nation that you know what? We're coming into battle. And we need God's help for victory. We need the Lord to, all of a sudden to intervene on our behalf and to fight for us. It's a beautiful prayer. I encourage you to read it. As he was calling for God's strength to rescue them, God responds to Jehoshaphat's prayer with an answer through the prophet Jehaziel. Starting at the second half of verse 15, let me read the Lord's answer. It says, this is what the Lord says to you. Do not be afraid or discouraged because of this fast." Army For the battle is not yours, but God's. Many times we try to fight battles in our own strength. The Lord has reminded Jehoshaphat, man, this is not your battle this time. this is mine." Paul reminds us in Ephesians 6:12, "For we are not fighting against flesh and blood, enemies." but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world, and against evil spirits in heavenly places. We have a fight. It's not physical. It's spiritual. For the last few minutes, I want to share some powerful actions that we can find in this story and how we can implement those actions in our life to build up spiritual strength in our life. And the first action that we should embrace is stand firm and believe. Stand firm and believe. Look at how King Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah responded to God's word. Chapter 20, verse 17 of 2 Chronicles. You will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions. Stand firm and see the deliverance of the Lord will give you Judah and Jerusalem. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow and the Lord, say it with me, and the Lord will be with you. There is so much insight found in the scripture. I want to share a couple thoughts. And the first one is from that very first sentence. It basically states, some battles are not yours to fight. This was God's battle. Too many times we try to fight God's battles. And I'm going to just tell you right now, we, we can literally get in the way of what God is trying to do in and through our life. Because we try to take control. I'm talking to control freaks out here right now. For those who always have to have control over every little thing in your life and everybody else's life. You're, try, you're trying to get control of everybody else's life as well. You're turning all the dials. You're, you're, you're just spinning everything. There's times in our life that it's not your battle. It's God's battle. You, you're responsible to have faith in God and walk through it. doesn't mean you don't have responsibility. Notice that God calls all the people of Judah to take their position Get ready. Take your position for the battle. They didn't just sit at home and smoke the cigar or drink the glass, whatever they were doing. They didn't do all that and wait for the victory. No, 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 no. They were out there on the battlefield. When you're given a word from the Lord, you must apply faith and believe the word. You must stand firm on God's word. God expects us to have faith. He tells the people of Judah, see to see, watch what I will do on your behalf. I will deliver you from your enemy. Another insight that I want to share with you is found in the second, last part of verse 17. Basically it says, you will still need to face your enemies. They were not released from the battle. They still had to face their enemies. Judah was still required to be there. Even though God promised, get it. God already promised that he was going to deliver them from it. He was going to be victorious. But they still had to be there. Many times, we don't want to face our enemies. We don't want to deal with the confrontation. We don't want to be in the place. We want to just escape. We want to run away. But if you're unwilling to face your enemy, then you will never be victorious. Some of us today, if you're watching us online, you've never faced your enemy. You've just tolerated it. You've just allowed it. And sometimes in life, this is a good word, guys. I mean, I'm getting blessed. I'm about ready to get down there and say, amen, Pastor Don. Sometimes we, we tolerate things and God doesn't want us to tolerate it. Guess what? He wants us to face it. The enemy needs to see that God is with you. Let me explain it this way. Years ago, when I was a little kid, I think I was like seven, eight years old, I was riding my bike through the park, and uh, all of a sudden, three kids, I don't know why, they, they were teenagers, all of a sudden, they pulled me off my bike and kind of beat me up, and, and so I came home, running home, and left my bike at the park, and they were kicking the bike and everything else, I'm not sure what was going on, and I came home, and I was crying, and, and uh, I walk in the door, my dad was a pastor, but my dad was a pastor with an anger, t- or a temper, he was working. We all have our vices. We all have our things that we have to get through. And uh, boy, dad saw me crying. He saw red marks on my body. And he was upset, man. He jumped in. He threw me in the, mal- uh, the, the car the Malibu. And he jumped in. And off we go to the park, man. I didn't want to go there. I didn't want to go to the park. I just got beat up by those kids. I was embarrassed. I want to just crawl in a hole and die. I didn't want to be... And dad's, you're going to, and he grabs me, but I didn't have a choice. I was barely on my tiptoes as we were going to the car because he was going to take me and we were going to find those boys. And, and so we got to the park and man, immediately, you know, he's looking around and he saw three, he said, are those the boys? And I said, yeah. And man, he had those three boys up against that tree so fast. I still remember it so vividly as a little, I remember hardly anything as a little kid. I remember that. <laughs> the point I'm trying to make Is that dad wanted those three boys to recognize that I was, that you're messing with my son. You don't understand. You might have thought this was just a little boy. This is my boy. Do you understand that? If you ever mess with my boy again, you're going to have to answer to me. Do you get that? Those kids really. Their eyes were so big. They didn't know what was hitting them. You see, sometimes we need a face the enemy in our life. Because you know what? If you never face your enemy, you need God's presence beside you when you face the enemy. Because all of a sudden, you're no longer just fighting against me. You're fighting against my God. You see, the difference from the first time I was in the park, I was alone. The difference from the second time when I was in the park, I had my father with me. It made all the difference. We need that presence. We need that stink on us. You know what I'm saying? We need the stink of the skunk on us. The presence of God on us. There are times in your life when you, as you face your enemies, you've got to allow God to declare the victory over your life. The enemy needs to see that you are God's child under his protection. But it requires that you're walking with God. Just like I was walking with my dad in that park. You can't be just doing your own thing and think that God's going to just... You need to be in the presence of God, walking with God daily, having dine with God. God's going to fight for you. He fought for Judah, for the people of Judah. Never face the enemy in your own strength. Stop doing that. Stop trying to win the victory in your own strength. Win it through God's strength. Second action, I want to share with you, and it's going to take just short. So hanging with me. I do You might be hungry, but you're fasting, so that's okay. It doesn't matter. <laughs> Lead by giving praise. Look at verses 21 and 22 of 2 Chronicles 20. What a remarkable way to start a battle. Such a crazy way. I'm going to read it to you today. After consulting the people, Jehoshaphat appointed men to sing to the Lord and praise him for the splendor of of his holiness. As they went out ahead of the army, saying, give thanks to the Lord for his love endures forever. Get the picture. They're about ready to go into battle and all of a sudden, King Joseph says, okay, you, 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 you guys have good voices. You, 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 yeah, you're, you're a good tenor, yeah. Ooh, you're a good baritone. I want you up here, okay. Okay, you guys, you're going to lead my army because you're going to go out and you're going to start singing praises to the Lord. That's how he starts. As they began to sing and praise, the Lord set ambushes against the men of Ammon and Moab and Mount Seir who, who were invading Judah. And they were, say it with me, and they were defeated. In 2021, Word for you guys today. There are some things that you've been struggling with in your life. And if you choose to put God first this year, God is going to defeat the enemy. He is going to defeat it in Jesus' name. That's a word. you got to take it and run with it, man. Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah worshipped the Lord. Why did they worship? Because, man, they knew the victory was the Lord's. Even before the battle would begin, they knew they had already won. And they were worshiping in confidence with that victory. Sometimes we just need to worship and praise our way to victory. Sometimes you're sitting at home and you're moping and you're sad and you're feeling sorry for yourself. That doesn't do a blasted thing for you. That's my, that's my Christian swear word, blasted. Doesn't do anything for you. Boy, you guys are quiet today. I've tried it. I've sat home feeling sorry for myself. Doesn't, what would happen when all of a sudden those thoughts, if you're watching me online today, all of a sudden those thoughts that all of a sudden wake, up, wake you up at 11.30 at night, midnight, and you can't go back to sleep. All of a sudden these thoughts, what happens if you just started worshiping, praising God? What would take place? All of a sudden you get the presence of God in you and all over you. You might win the battle without even knowing it. Because you know what? You're worshiping God. The battle was led by the people singing and praising God. Spiritually, strongholds are broken when people begin to worship, especially in the midst of trouble and difficulty. It's proclaiming that our loyalty and faith is in the Lord. The devil wants to steal your worship. He wants to steal your praise. But let me tell you something today. That's not his choice. It's your choice. You have a choice if you're going to worship. You have a choice if you're going to praise. In Acts chapter 16, when Paul and Silas were brutally beaten, if you remember the story, they went in and they were trying to evangelize this area of Samaria and they were brutally beaten and they were thrown into prison. They thought they were probably going to die. You know what? What do you find them do? You feel that you, do you see them feeling sorry for themselves and what do you find them to do around midnight around midnight they're singing and praising and worshiping God Jehoshaphat and the people of Judah didn't mope around and feel sad for themselves I want you to see the sequence again I want you to look at it one more time the sequence that, that King Jehoshaphat took Judah through in this process when they found themselves off the path what was the first thing they did he called them to what fast and pray and then as they go into battle, what's the next sequence that they did? They worship and praised the Lord. Next Sunday night at 6 p.m. We're going to have a worship night here. We're going to have an opportunity to praise the Lord. You see, we're, next Sunday is the, is, the, is the finish of a 21-day fast for this church. I know some maybe are doing it, some maybe aren't. But I've been doing the fast for 14 days. I feel it. There's a belt buckle out. All of a sudden, I'm having to tight. My pants are falling off. and I'm having to put things on. and, And we're doing a Daniel fast. and It's been good for us. But I was thinking for 2021, a new year. I want to walk in, which we're doing, a time of fasting and pray. But then I want to end it. Not end it the year. But man, just put a stamp of approval on it next sunday night with a time of worship we're going to praise our way to victory for 2021 look again at verse 22 at the very moment when they began to sing and give praises to the lord the lord set an ambush against the enemy some translations basically say that the enemy turned against each other they confronted each other and they killed one another god defeated the enemy and the the, the country of judah they didn't have to raise one sword there is victory in our prayers There is victory in our praise. After the battle was completed, the enemy had been destroyed. Verse 25 says that they would go through and they could take the plunder. That was a legal thing that they could do after one army defeated the other army. They would go through and it says that it took them three days to get all of the valuables that were left on the battlefield. 2021 is an opportunity as you put your faith in God that you're going to have blessings you're going to have things that you never could have imagined. I'm, I'm not saying this because I'm a prosperity preacher. I'm not. You, if you've been in my ministry long enough, you know this. But man, I can tell you this. If you hang out with God long, there's, not, there's no way you can't be blessed by God. Because He is the God of blessings. And He's going to pour out His blessings on you and this church in 2021. I've already heard people in 2020 say, man, this is a great year for us. God's been blessing us. 2021 is going to even be more wonderful. I believe in Jesus' name. It serves as a reminder for us. Put our faith in God. The greatest reward is found in verses 29 and 30. And I want to declare this over our church and over our people. It basically states that during all of Jehoshaphat's reign, King Jehoshaphat's reign, the kingdom of Judah was in peace. You see, all the other countries around them, all of a sudden heard how, how all of a sudden God had battled for Judah. God had battled for the kingdom of Judah. They didn't have to raise a sword. that They, that they were victorious because of God's power. And all of the other countries around them, all of a sudden, you know what? They respected the kingdom of Judah. And they didn't put, raise an arm against them. They had complete peace. How many of you would like more peace in your life? Come on. Come on. Yeah. Guess what? We get this as we walk into the presence of the Lord. If you want to have greater power over your enemy, I encourage you to pray. Stand firm and believe God for the victory. Lord, we thank you for your word. We thank you for this church, the people in this church. I pray, God, as we walk into 2021, I pray we walk in with a greater faith than ever before. Now, Lord God, we walk in with the thought of being. Victorious before we even step on the battlefield, we already know that you hold the victory, that you have won the battle for the things that we're going through. And God, I pray that we walk in faith and not by sight in 2021. And Lord God, like Brett, Pastor Brett shared earlier in his in his met in his message during worship, Lord God, that we, Lord God, will chase after the darkness. We won't let the darkness all try to invade us. We're going to chase after the darkness and bring light, Lord God, in the darkness. I pray, God, for greater opportunities than ever before to share your word and to share your love with others. Every head bowed, eyes closed, if you're here today, and you don't, have never followed after Christ. If you're watching us online, you never made that decision to follow after Jesus. It's so simple. God didn't make it difficult. All he says is that we have to put our faith in Jesus Christ, which basically means this, we've got to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, that he is our Savior and our Lord. That, Lord, that through his sacrifice, our sins are forgiven. And through his resurrection, we have the power of God within us. That's all you have to do is just believe. Choose to follow after Jesus. Say no to sin. Move forward. I want to pray with you today. If you're making that commitment in your heart, that you're choosing, today I'm going to follow Christ. Lord, you know every person I don't. But, Lord, you know every person's heart. You know those that are right now, Lord God, are making a commitment towards you. And I pray, God, that that commitment, Lord God, will be heard in all of heaven. And I pray that power of your spirit will come upon them right now. Right now as they're making that commitment. And you will set them free from bondage. You will set them free from sin. And you will move them forward, Lord God, towards you like never before. That, Lord God, they will experience, Lord God, what it means to have security in you and have the knowledge that they have eternal life with you. God, I pray, Lord God, it takes place in Jesus' wonderful name. Thanks for listening to the South Coast Christian Podcast. We appreciate those who give on a regular basis to South Coast